Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Welcome to another episode of the How We Solve show. Today, we talk about a topic that I really love. It's about how to create great management or leadership inside of organizations. I'm a personal development geek, so I'm super excited to talk to Alicia Thrasher. She's the co-founder and CEO of Manager or MGR360, a leadership development and software company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. She's also the co-author of the Manager's Playbook, Make Exceptional People Management Your Competitive Advantage. And she has more than 20 years of management experience in the IT and consulting space. At least she understands what it takes to manage people effectively, even though in the most complex situations. Yeah, Alicia, I'm super excited to have you on and to nerd out with you on how to create good culture and how to make good managers because businesses are made up of people. And if you can make these people happy and thrive, then you're going to have good results. So very excited to have you on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, David. So the problem that we're solving today is how to have great management and how to create great leaders and how to give the leaders the right tools that they can do what they're supposed to do. Let's dive right in. What are the best tips and tricks or what's the best angle that you see to facilitate this? There's the old saying that people leave managers, they don't leave companies. And it really is true. If you have a great manager and know that they care about you and are helping you grow and achieve your goals, then they're not going to leave for, you know, a few bucks. And with the great resignation right now, it's even more important. So a lot of individual contributors get promoted into management without receiving any training. So just because they were great at coding or creating sales copy doesn't mean they're necessarily going to lead people well. So really, first of all, they need some great training to make sure that they are leading people in the best way. I had the the same experience. Like I was always an entrepreneur, so I kind of like promote myself into the role of managing people. And I used to be terrible at it. And I used to be also very insecure at it. But then I hired a management mentor. She had something very simple with me. He said, you have to wear four different hats as a manager. You have to be the leader and set expectations. Then you have to be inspector, inspect what you expect. Then you have to be the coach and counselor based on what you have inspect. You have to coach people on what they can improve. And you kind of circle through these through over and over. And at some point you bring in the fourth, which is the judge and you deliver rewards and consequences. And this helped me so much, especially with the inspect what you expect. This was the one where I always failed. I kind of said like, hey guys, I want you to do this. And then after some time I checked what they've been doing. And then I was like, oh my God, this is like completely off. (laughs) Yeah, I, I like that a lot. I like to say that I was the perfect parent before I became one. So I was really great at, you know, judging other parents. And then I became one. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is much more difficult than I thought. And I really think leadership and management is the same way. As an employee, I was a great manager. I knew what my manager should be doing, and I could probably do it much better than them. And then once I became a manager and started leading people, I was like, oh, my goodness, (laughs) there's a lot more to this than I really thought. So we have a similar, I love your four step process of management, we kind of think of it as a three-legged stool with management, leadership, and coaching. 
management is about making all those tough decisions that you have to as a manager, where people sit, what work they're going to work on, what their goals are, things like that. And then leadership, we consider influence. So having influence with your people, you know, having them do the things that they want to because they want to. And then coaching, helping them grow and get better. So as a three-legged stool, if you are missing one of those legs, it will tip right over and you won't be as successful as a manager. Very cool, actually. So we also think of it as you really need a management system. So a consistent way that you're managing and leading people across the organization. It starts with some fundamentals on communication. Are you setting goals all in the same way? Are you consistently having one-on-ones and team meetings and fostering communication and trust? And then are you having quarterly performance reviews and providing feedback that employees crave? Actually, I have a, how do I say this? I want to say I'm not a fan of quarter reviews or annual reviews. Actually, I hate annual reviews. And quarter reviews, maybe, but I like to give feedback on the spot. So basically, in every one-on-one that I'm having, I have like three checking questions. Like, what's going really well right now? What's draining you? And how do you rate yourself from zero to 10 on your performance since we've talked last? Because this always opens the door for me to say, you know, A, it's like a normal thing to being judged. And B, I can hardly remember what I did last week. So and how should I, like, after a year, like, give somebody quality feedback? We have eight dogs. So if <laughs> if the dog does something, you have to kind of, like, catch him in the instant that he actually has a learning experience. Otherwise, it's kind of pointless. So we kind of talk about setting goals as that kind of takes care of your performance reviews. Because you're right. Over the quarter, you can't remember what went well, what didn't. But if you're consistently setting goals which leads to motivation. People crave achievement. If you don't set the bar on that, then they don't know if they've achieved anything. I'm a big fan of one-on-ones. It's probably the favorite part of my week is getting to sit down with each of my direct reports and talk about um, how I can help them grow, clear any blockers, clear up any miscommunication. Communication is hard. And through those one-on-ones, we've cleared up things so much earlier than we would have if we waited two weeks or if we waited for the next team meeting or halfway through a project. Absolutely. It's so crucial to have good communication, all this, also this distrust with the employee that they actually share what's going wrong or what's going right. So I actually use these one-on-one cards. Oh, I saw those. They're so cool. I saw them when I was prepping for our interview and I'm definitely going to order those. It's such a cool tool. It is. So so it's great for new managers who have never had a one-on-one before and don't know exactly what to ask and do. And then experienced managers who've kind of run out of those questions on how to engage with their employees. But there's some easy questions in there and some harder questions. Some harder questions are, if you were CEO for the day, what would you do differently? And some manager questions like, how can I improve as your manager? I asked one of my more supportive direct employees that question during a one-on-one and he said, oh, you're great. I don't have anything. And I didn't let him off the hook. I said, no problem. I said, obviously, you're kind of struggling with this. Next week, I'll ask you the same question and give you a few minutes to think it through. And he did come back with a few things. And it's helpful. You know, we as managers want to grow, too. There's two things that come to mind with this. I just did this. A friend of mine told me about these questions that you can ask. You ask your peers, what am I world-class at? What am I 
good at, but I seem not to enjoy it. And what do I suck at? I asked my direct, my peers or my business partners and was like so eye-opening. So I think knowing yourself is super crucial to improve. And other thing that came to mind with this trust and getting this feedback, I'm from Germany. I like to communicate very directly. <laughs> and when I have a new direct report, it's always like when I give them feedback and then they become defensive and I say like, hey, I'm not doing this because I had a bad day. I'm doing this to turn you into a rock star. I want you to succeed. People have to, people understand that I have their best interests at heart. I even put them before the company goals or before my goals because I really want to empower them. And once they understand this through actions that I take, you usually have to say this like three or four times when I give direct feedback and become defensive. But then it's kind of like they understood, okay, he actually really cares about me. He wants me to succeed. Then I don't have to do the management bullshit sandwich anymore. Like, hey, you're great here. You suck there. And, you, and also the reverse. I always tell them like, hey, I'm German. I have no emotions. You can throw anything against my head. <laughs> no, to give me feedback because I want to grow as well. So that's really interesting because we have this concept of the user manual. When you buy a refrigerator, it comes with a product manual on how to best use that refrigerator, right? Or vacuum. We as people are the most complex machines on the planet. So we should come with a user manual too. Every time I hired a new employee, I'd have to tell them the same thing. David, I'm very direct too. <laughs> so I'd have to tell my employees, you know, new employees, okay, I'm very direct. You're going to send me probably at some point a three paragraph email. And you're going to have a question at the bottom and I'm going to reply, yes, Y-E-S, and that's it. And some people get offended by that. And me being direct is, I think I'm saving you time. I answered your question and they're taking it as, oh, she must be mad at me. And did she not read the whole thing? And <laughs> so we've developed this concept of the user manual and all your little quirks or things on how you people can work best with you. You write those down share it with your direct employees and have them do the same and then kind of share. And it takes out the learning curve, you know, six months. Why not do that when people first get onboarded or as we grow? And we consider it a living document. I get quirkier and quirkier as I get older. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, same here. So I keep adding to it. <laughs> yeah, actually, I have, I have a similar thing. I don't know where I got it from. I have it for, for many years. It's like guides to working with David. What do I want to be involved in? When do I want to hear from you? What's my preferred method of communication? What makes me impatient? What gives me energy? What takes energy away? Don't surprise me with some additional things like my Myers-Briggs and some personality test stuff. It's super valuable, especially when somebody new comes in, like, okay, this is how this person takes. Um, what's the structure of your user manual? So ours is we give a lot of suggested topics. So it's very similar to that. But a lot of ours are, what are your pet peeves? Mine is not responding to email longer than 24 hours. Oh. That was me nuts. I'm an inbox zero person, you know, so it's like. <laughs> yeah, so mine is not doing what you say you're going to do. I'm really big on that. But, you know, that's huge. Find that out ahead of time. I have a long history of program and project management. So I start and I stop meetings on time. So if you're not early, you're late. That's in my user manual. <laughs> uh, I prefer if you're going to talk to me, either come in person is preferred. And I know that's not always possible, but then call or text or Microsoft Teams message me. But email is my least preferred method of communication. And that's good to know up front. Yeah, same with me, actually. Especially when the email is long, I tend to like not wanting to respond. But 
more bite-sized stuff is is definitely preferred. <laughs> that's one too, is if you're going to write me a long email, put in bullets, because that's what I'm going to read. <laughs> <laughs> do you do any personality tests? What do you preferred ones? The ones I like to do are DISC, because that kind of tells the direct and influential and supportive. And then C is for details. And then also strength finders through Gallup. I really like that one. So it kind of tells strengths is more about the work that they do. And then the personality disc is around why they like to do it that way and how they're going to do the work. So I think those pairings work well together. There's a bunch of great ones out there, though. Yeah, we just started using one called Best Work Data. The really cool thing about this is you have like a matrix on, for example, some of these super detail-oriented or high-level. Right. And, you know, then you can kind of like be on the, the opposite spectrum or like somebody sees everything urgent or somebody super patient. Or, for example, somebody communicates direct or somebody doesn't communicate direct. For example, somebody who doesn't communicate direct could never be a good manager. But if you're on the furthest spectrum of communicating direct on the very right, then you could be an asshole. You know, so. <laughs> so and, and the cool thing is we let applicants take this test because we have a few BPOs. So we hire a lot of people and people take this test and we have like this roster of people for certain job profiles. There's some sweet spot and some things that are absolute no-go. And, you know, if people have these no-go things, then we automatically reject them. Yeah. So that's a really good point. And that's where we kind of get back to the leadership system is having a leadership system is when everyone's kind of speaking in the same common language and leading in the same framework, then when you develop job descriptions, you can put them in, not necessarily that you're going to give these tests ahead of time, but if you write the job descriptions in a language that speaks to people who have that certain personality or strength, those are going to be the ones who apply because they're going to think it was written for them. We start doing the hiring manager creates a little loom video or like kind of recording a video of him walking through the the job description and also talking about some mission, vision, values of the company. So we can kind of repel people that don't want to be part of our culture. For example, at Max CDN, we had a core value, build cool shit. And we want to like attract engineering talent. And we want to repel people who think they have to come to work with a suit and tie on because they would have not fit our culture because they would have been offended by a company using the word shit in their core values. You're attracting the people that you want to work with. Yes. One of our core values is life is short, <laughs> which we joke around about that that means we're getting old. But really, it's around, you know, now we're old enough to work with the people that we want to work with and make sure that they fit the culture. And we think our mission is fun and we want people who support that joy. What's your mission of the company? It's to make great managers your competitive advantage. Like I said before, people leave managers. If you have great managers, it's also a way to propel your business. It's really hard to make great products, but you know, if you can make managers great, then they make the products great and they're motivated to work there and it can really lead to great results for your business. You have a software and a consultancy, right? So you basically, you come in and have people use your software and then you kind of walk the leadership team through your, your process or your like similar to EOS, maybe like an EOS traction from Gina Wickman. Oh, so it's similar to that, but I feel like ours is a little more scalable. So uh, we have software called Manager 360. It's in the Microsoft Teams environment. 
So if you're already living in Teams, it's a great way to manage your team from there. So you can set your goals, you can set up your one-on-ones and team meetings, do performance reviews if you want. There's also a great dashboard that shows your agenda. It shows you your individual team members' health, so to speak. So where are they on their goals and have they entered their disk profiles and user manual? And then it's a little bit interactive to where it tells you, okay, well, you haven't had a one-on-one with Sally in two weeks and we show that you want to have one-on-ones weekly. Let us help you set up a one-on-one. And then there's also learning. Here's best practices around one-on-ones. Here's best practices around user manual and then weekly management tips and learning. So kind of a, a learning and development continuous improvement program for managers as well. Do you have your cards virtually in, in the app? <laughs> That's happening this year. Yes. Okay, nice, nice. <laughs> you know, with everything being remote. Well, I guess that the magic would kind of always like pick a card and hold it up, you know. But. <laughs> for sure. Yes. I like to joke that, you know, I try and prepare ahead of time for the one-on-ones, picking out two or three cards. And, and then I say, well, and sometimes I get busy and I just get a little crazy and fan the deck and let them pick. And <laughs> <laughs> they actually like that, I think, a little bit better because I think they have some preconceived notion that I have an objective behind the questions that I ask. (laughs) And I don't. Very cool. So what else, like in terms of your, the system that you teach, what do you think are the most impactful things or like, you know, that the audience can have as as a takeaway that they can implement into their businesses? We have the app and we also have written a book, The Manager's Playbook, that kind of gives you the step-by-step to the system, the leadership system that's scalable across the organization. And then the, we have a two-day training that allows people to come out, kind of get away from their office. And really, that's where the magic happens is, is when you get away from your everyday environment and get to kind of take the space to think about management and leadership. People are generally so busy in their day-to-day that it's not something that they think about too much. So this gives you the space to do that and then develop You learn about the different concepts in the leadership system, the three tools, the practical ways on implementing this. So you get a six-week roadmap and then the software to help you actually follow up and find the value of sitting through a two-day training. Basically, people come to you to Austin then, or is it like an off-site retreat that you organize and then send one of your coaches to, or how does it work? Yeah, so people can come out. We have a ranch just 30 minutes south of the Austin airport. People love to go there and play pickleball. It's 150 acres. There's fishing, (laughs) all sorts of putt-putt, driving range, things like that. So they'll come out for two days. We teach the course. And then we also will go off-site to their office or their city if that's more beneficial to them. What's your ideal customer? What's the right audience for this? Certain size of company, certain revenue, certain like... Is it SaaS? Is it people businesses? Yeah, I know that's a good question. So it's for any people manager. So if they're managing knowledge workers, so maybe not someone in the total retail space, but the executive office for retail, but really industry-wide and probably 100 or more employees so that they can send all of their managers and everyone's leaving in the same way. Um, We have had several 
companies that have 30 to 40 people and about 10 managers. And they really find the value there too, because they're just now getting to the growing pains and realizing that, you know, people are, are their biggest asset and they need to start investing in managers to keep those people and moving them all in the same direction, aligning and really getting productive. I feel like in all my businesses, after 25 people, the headaches start. Not everybody knows what's going on and stuff like this. It gets harder. You're absolutely right. There's something about that magic number right around there. <laughs> I've heard that from quite a few people and agree. Any other books aside from your book, The Manager's Playbook, that you can recommend the audience if you want to level up your manager game? I really like all of the Lencioni books. Um, one of my favorites is The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. It really kind of breaks down uh, building trust and it talks about a lot of the concepts that we do in a way that makes sense for us too. Yeah, I really like this book. It was, was very eye-opening. Mm -hmm. Where can people find you? So we are at mgr360.com. You're able to get the book there. You're also able to register for the app or get more information about the two-day trainings. We also have our one-on-one -on -one cards there as well. Which I'm actually going to order. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> such a good idea. And how can people find you? I have LinkedIn. It's um, slash Alicia Thrasher. Also on Twitter, at Alicia T. Thrasher. And then my email is Alicia at MGR360.com. Awesome. And we'll, we'll also include this in the show notes so people can get these links. Perfect. Alicia, thank you very much for coming on. I really enjoyed nerding out with you on one of my favorite topics. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I think it really has a big impact in people's lives because we've spent so much time at work and working with a manager that doesn't know what he's doing or is not people-focused. Not um, I think most people want to do good, but if they don't have the tools, then it can often end up in chaos and you're providing these tools. So if you want to step up your management game, go to manager360.com. Definitely helps when you're in the Microsoft ecosystem so you can use their app. But I guess people can still take your training without using the app. Yes. And check out the book, The Manager's Playbook. And you can find this on Amazon. Do you have an Audible as well? Not yet. It's coming soon. Okay, perfect. I'm an Audible person, so I'll, I'll wait until... <laughs> I am too. I've bought so many books and then I don't, don't read them. So I gotta, gotta, gotta wait until the audio version comes. That's what I'm doing too. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, thank you again very much for coming on the show. Please, guys, if you enjoy this content, please rate us in the Apple iTunes store. Give us whatever, one, two, three, four, five stars and leave a review. We also want to learn on what we can improve. And I'll see you on the next one. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R-I-V-E.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step -step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.